Coding skills are so important these days, and online coding boot camps can be a great option. They offer convenience and structure without forcing you to quit your job or move to a new city. But not all online programs were created equally, so which one is right for you? Find out the answer from our panel, plus find out how you can get exclusive discounts and scholarships to a few of those online coding boot camps. All this and more on episode one of the Course Report Coding Bootcamp podcast. My name is Liz Eggleston, and I work for Course Report, which is a resource for finding the coding bootcamp that's right for you. So if you haven't looked at Course Report yet, you can use our directory to find schools that fit all of your needs. And um, you should also check out our blog for unique features like interviews with students, instructors, and founders at bootcamps across the world. If you've tuned into our past webinars, you know that we typically have a guest from one specific school. But tonight, we're joined by alumni from several online bootcamps. Maybe you're familiar with these online boot camps. They usually match you with a mentor to teach you web development or another digital skill. And what's great about these online boot camps is that you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to move your family across the country or pay tens of thousands of dollars to learn how to code, but they are all different. So we're going to learn what makes each of these boot camps special by chatting with this lovely panel of alumni that we have below. So we have got Cody Karst from Thinkful. We've got Brittany Martin from Block, Hannah Marie from Skill Crush, Luke Tower from Tea Leaf, Josh Brown from Code Union, and Stephen Fong from Firehose Project. We are going to start by having everybody introduce themselves. So I will let you unmute yourselves as necessary and introduce yourself. Tell us your name, which coding school you went to, when you went. Brittany, do you want to start? Sure. I'm a graduate of the Full Stack Rails Apprenticeship from Block.io. I graduated in February. I was a marketing manager for a startup before I completed the Block Apprenticeship. And now I'm a Rails support engineer for a fabulous hosting company called Ninefold. Cody, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Cody Karst. I'm a graduate from the Thinkful front-end development course. It was about five or six months ago from that that I graduated from the front-end course. And I'm a full-time freelancer now, and I started my own business called redbearded.com. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That makes sense. Hannah Marie, do you want to go next? Sure. Hi, I'm Hannah Marie. I enrolled in the Skill Crush 101 course in January. I'm actually also currently enrolled in their web developer blueprint, which I'm kind of having struggles with <laughs> at the moment. But in general, I'm working at a fintech startup uh, here in Estonia. Very cool. Josh? Hi, my name is Josh Brown. I attended Code Union's Web Fundamentals course. Just graduated, actually, the beginning of August, so a few weeks ago. I was a client relationship manager and now I'm a project engineer. Cool. It's awesome that you stay at the same company. Luke, do you want to go? Sure. As you said, uh, Luke Tower, I went to Tea Leaf Academy last year in July. I started, finished end of October or so. Currently, I'm a software engineer at a company called Ramp Path out of Georgia. Very cool. Okay, Stephen? Yes, I'm Stephen, and I was a student with the Firehose Project. I finished the Ruby on Rails apprenticeship about two or three weeks ago, I think. And Right now, I'm also finishing up my MBA at Babson College outside of Boston, and I'm working on starting my own startup out in California based on the app that I started building with Firehose. 
Very cool. Okay, we want to hear about that app in a minute. And then I also want to just point out that we figured out before this that everybody is in a different location, which speaks to the awesomeness of online learning. So that's pretty awesome. All right. First question, did any of y'all have any technical background before you attended your coding bootcamp? Or on the other hand, like were any of you total complete beginners? Oh, well. I would consider myself a complete beginner. I was an English teacher before, so I had basically no technical skills whatsoever. Before I took the course in July, I did some self-studying. I had a book on C++ that I was working through and things like that. And I did try, it's called Treehouse. I tried that for like a month or so, but didn't go in depth as much as I thought was necessary. I had taken some beginner web design classes when I was in college working on my undergraduate, and I had done some Code Academy. I did a Coursera course. Block definitely encourages you when you apply that they want to make sure that you do enjoy coding. So, you know, you want to make sure that you love nailing bugs and all that. So it was important for me that I at least had a little bit of experience. But no, I certainly did not have a great deal of programming experience prior. Yeah, for for myself, when it came to programming specifically or software development, there's there's next to none. Understanding basic generalities about technology is there, but programming specifically, yeah, there's started ground level like everyone else seems to have. Cool. We had a question from Jake about which resources, if any, you used before you started your program, and even more specifically, if any of those additional resources conflicted with what they taught you at a boot camp. What did you use and did you feel like it was effective, I guess? I did some code academy stuff like that to kind of get myself into it. And I had a technical background just as far as the hobbyist, but I hadn't mm-hmm. really done it professionally until I decided to go this way. But what I found, at least with Thinkful, is they pull all of their curriculum for all over the net. They pick the best resources, kind of curate it for you. So a lot of the stuff I had seen before and some of it was new. So it was a really nice way to how they threw it all together. You, you learn through the best people in the industry. With that answer, did anybody else's programs have that sort of curated content feel or did everybody else's programs have original content? Were they like picking things from across the web or what did you notice? Block is all original content. They have people specifically that are hired. They have an editor-in-chief who actually controls all the content for the five different courses they have now. They even have a game that you can play once you're pretty familiar with Ruby called Ruby Warrior. And a lot of people play that game having no idea that it's associated with Block, but... I definitely have the sticker on my laptop proudly. So yeah, they definitely will look and they often will put out original content for people just to learn about Block itself. Maybe even Thinkful might have pulled in some Block content at some point because sometimes they don't even brand it. Interesting. Did anyone else have experience with that? Yeah, Firehose is completely original. I remember way back kind of in the beginning, Ken, one of the co-founders even told me that he messed up probably a hundred times trying to create a lesson just from scratch before he got it perfect and just right to deliver it to students. So yeah, he they all created everything from the ground up. Yeah, that's the same way as for coding too. Jesse Farmer and John both like, you know, work together to create content, which is fabulous for being original how well the job they did. Really cool. We kind of heard a little bit of this in your introductions, but what was everybody's motivations for doing an online bootcamp? It sounds like some people have aspirations to like start their own business, launch their own product, but did you do it to like get a job, to get a promotion, to launch a new product? I think my story probably is pretty common 
I graduated from university with a special education degree. So like Luke, I didn't have any prior technical background whatsoever. But with this degree, I was actually just kind of lost because I didn't want to pursue a career in this field. So I just felt that this is something that I need to do for myself. I need to really find marketable skills because otherwise I'm just going to be in the sidelines watching everybody else succeed in their careers. And I'm just going to be someone who has a little bit of experience in that and maybe a little language skills and maybe a little creative instincts. But this doesn't really take you far if you don't have those hard, in today's world, really technical skills, which can open new doors for you. So this is my motive to start. Cool. Josh, was your motivation to get that promotion at NPLUG? No. So actually how the boot camp came to be is I was doing client relationship stuff at NPLUG and then I wanted to move into more like an analytics role. And so one of our co-founders actually found this boot camp through a friend. And then that's how it got brought to me. They said, you know, we want to support you in doing becoming analytics. We need an analytics and an engineer, project engineer. We think you'd be good at this. Do you want to take this course? And so that's kind of how it went for me to really jumpstart everything, which it did tremendously. That's cool. Did anybody else's companies sponsor them or support them in your online education? No, that's cool. (laughs) I think it's really smart of a company to do that. It's like workforce development made for you. So super smart, but that's awesome. Why did you decide to do an online program over an in-person boot camp? I think that's like a big decision that people have to make. What kind of factors did you consider when you were making that decision? I have a good answer for that. I had moved to San Francisco from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania only a couple months before I decided I wanted to go through a boot camp. I was enjoying the job that I was at and I needed to work full time in order to afford to live in San Francisco. So I knew that I wasn't able to quit and do the three months and spend $15,000. So I had gone onto a site just looking explicitly for an online option. And Block was the first one that I came to and it was the perfect fit. It worked well because you choose your mentor based on their skills and their availability You talk to them three days a week. So it was important to me that I was able to fit within my schedule. That being said, I was working full-time and also doing that at least 30 hours a week on top of that. So it was definitely some juggling, but it was 12 weeks of juggling and totally worth it. Yeah, personally, it actually wasn't, like most people, a consideration for me. The main thing that attracted me was just the school and the teachers and their teaching style. They could have been in person and I would have still done it. So that wasn't really a consideration. It was just that I found their teaching style to be so effective and just fundamentally different from kind of everything out there that it was really worth it to do it online or offline with them. Yeah, one thing that kind of drew me towards Tea Leaf was a lot of the TAs that they have are all over the world in a lot of different countries, so you can get help at any hour. That was important for me because I still had to work. I had other responsibilities, so I needed something that was very flexible in time and that I could kind of do at my pace. So it was really good in that way. Did anybody consider an in-person boot camp and go with it online or everybody had their heart set on an online one? Well, I live in Idaho, so there's not really any local boot camps anyways to go to. And so when I was researching the places to go and found Thinkful and everything, contacted them and they were just so helpful that I ended up going with them, which was a good decision in my end. But I really came down to, I wanted to spend time with my family. That's kind of why I did a career change. So working online gave me the option to see my kids grow, to spend time with my wife and to still be here instead of having to disappear. 
that's totally fair. One thing about moving to another place and the tuition was not even comparable. They're so expensive. I thought, and I was pretty skeptical in general of the whole boot camp idea. It ended up working out really well. I was able to start a completely new career, but I always thought it was a little odd to think that I could go somewhere and pay that much for something that lasted maybe 12 weeks. It didn't seem worth it to me. I actually also started to do an in-person, I guess you could call boot camp with Startup Institute, like their web dev program, and I actually ended up dropping out just because it was totally kind of not helpful to me. In my opinion, it was almost just like Code Academy, except you're just in a room with other people to me. So it's just kind of the same way of teaching that wasn't really effective. That's interesting. So in your case, you tried the in-person and the online was actually more effective. That's really cool. Yeah. Was everybody working at the same time while they were doing their program? Yeah, I was. I spent 10 years in a different profession. So when I decided to switch everything up, I had to continue working. But while I was doing my front-end course at Thinkful, I actually was able to start picking up clients. And I was able to go full-time by the last month of my program. That's awesome. I think I kind of surprised everybody at work because nobody knew that I was studying coding. Because my role at work at the time was social media management and content creation. So there was basically this one time where I ended up on live television after a um, hackathon where I was participating as a front-end developer. And when everybody came to work that day, they were just so blown away. Like, how did that happen? And Like, was that you? That's awesome. So gradually now I'm working on Android development and front-end development and stuff like that. Of course, I'm a, I'm a total beginner still, but my role has changed so much since then. So it's awesome. That's a funny story. So what was the application like for everybody? Did anybody feel like it was a super high barrier to entry? Were there interviews? Did you talk with the founders or with an instructor? Or was anybody's program just sort of like register and then start whenever you can? With Block, there was like a short application process. They want to make sure that you're in it for the right reasons, which I think is really positive. They have two account managers that review all those applications. And if everything seems right, that they'll approve you pretty quickly and you can start joining a class as, as soon as you want. But I like the option that if you want to talk to an alumni, they'll send you to an alumni to talk to. They're completely comfortable with that. And often I end up talking to a lot of new students nowadays just because I like talking about the program. So I like that there is somebody on the other side of that application who's actually reading it and thinking about what you want to do. When I first was looking into Thinkful, they have a little thing where you send your email in and they can send you the syllabus. It was really cool because I actually ended up, they instantly set up a phone call and I talked to someone there and instantly built a human connection. Because so many times online is so inhuman, it's so separate that this Thinkful really helped to bring that in. And with the mentors and everything, I felt like I was uh, with people learning instead of when you're at Code Academy by yourself, it's just like you're sitting there to, in a computer. Yeah, we were talking about this before. It's awesome to like actually get to know all of these online boot camps because it's real people behind them, like really powering them. And they're super like into education and sort of like the new face of education. So it is online, but it's super personal. So that's cool. Yeah. Just to kind of piggyback on that point, it's funny because coming from the education field, Mm -hmm. seeing the way Chris and Kevin at Tea Leaf run their uh, site and run the whole process, it was actually inspiring to see teachers that were really passionate about what they were doing and they were really good at it and they weren't professional educators necessarily. But yeah, it was pretty impressive. Awesome. To piggyback on that, I think that was 
how the interview process for Hedrington was with a hour tech, an hour and a half, uh, just Skype slash Google email call with John and, and Jesse. And Jesse's well known for his work with the boot camps to have someone of that caliber take the time to make sure you can actually help students was pretty impressive. That's definitely what made me in and solidified it for me. Yeah, an hour and a half. That's pretty intense. <laughs> pretty intense interview process. That's really cool. I think that one of the most important parts of all of your programs is definitely the mentorship aspect of each program. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. So tell us about your experience with your mentor. Did you work with one? What was it like? How personalized did you feel your mentor relationship was? And just talk about that for a minute. What I personally think that is really great is that, first of all, the courses start at a specific date so that everybody is sort of at the same level. And there are always, as you said, real people behind the courses. So there are real designated mentors who are there to actually answer your questions. And because basically all the students are all around the world, there is just this feeling of somebody's online all the time. So you can get answers, whether it's your mentor or if it's your classmates. But one of the greatest things I think about Skill Crush is that they have office hours, which is also the kind of a place where you can talk to somebody face to face and you can tell them, you know, I'm stuck or can you help me with this code or I don't know what to do with my career, with my life, whatever. They're there to listen to you. And I think this was one of the parts where I felt that this is really, really helping me out. And they really genuinely want to help you. So my mentor at Block was Aaron. He was a sysadmin at a corporation at the time. I wanted someone who was very data heavy. And so when you start your apprenticeship at Block, you choose what date you want to start. And then you choose three, three times a week that you want to talk to your mentor. And you can do that over Skype or Screen Hero. You end up spending those half-hour slots, peer programming, talking about career changes, really anything that you want, you kind of outload in those goals very early on in your apprenticeship. And I think anybody will tell you who graduates from Block and from a lot of these programs that the mentor really is the best part. And I've continued to be a friend of my mentor. I still send him good news, especially when I switched my career. I think that mentor part is really key on making that whole online experience successful. This is pretty specific, but Timo has a question about the mentorship. Would your mentor help you solve complex problems for things outside the tutorials, or is the mentorship more like troubleshooting problems you had with those tutorials? Would you just make a list of questions that you had, or how did that play out? My mentor, we covered the course material, but when I was working on different things or different concepts, quick shout out though to Trevor, my mentor, he's awesome. So I put my ideas or things I was working on, and we would just slow down everything and focus on that. And we'd work through it. He was patient enough to work through it until I got it. And then we could go back to the material. But I think the most important thing with him was that I learned what I needed to learn. And even if that wasn't exactly on with the material, which it usually was, but even if it wasn't, it was all about helping me grow as a programmer and as a developer through Thinkful instead of just trying to you know, toe the line. So he was super helpful and I would send him questions all the time. And I think he took extra time with me actually and helped me out with emails and stuff like that. But he's just really awesome. And that was the reason why I was able to succeed. Yeah, definitely. Me too. My mentor was Ken and you could pretty much ask whatever you want about programming and he'll have an answer for you. The process is super custom tailored, whatever you're looking for, whether you're looking to be like a junior developer or a freelancer or working on your startup. In the capstone portion of my mentorship sessions, for instance, my app needed some real-time functionality, so I wanted to use Firebase. And it was something like Ken never used before, but he actually went and learned it on his own pretty quick, actually, since he's really good with the stuff. And then he taught it to me, too. So 
it could really be anything that you require. It's just super custom tailored to whatever you want to get out of the program. Steven, did you have the idea for your app before you started Firehose Project? Yeah, I did actually. Probably like right before, I'd say. You had like functionality that you wanted to build in. Is that how y'all structured your time with your mentor? Yeah. As far as the capstone part where you build your own app, they'll go through and kind of wireframe the app with you. But in my case, I've already been through kind of that process before. So I kind of brought them wireframes and walked them through it. Like this is kind of what I want to do. And obviously the functionality is going to like expand as you start out and go through it. So they're kind of there with you as much as it expands. So if there's some kind of custom technology that you don't know, they'll work with you to understand that. Very cool. Josh, with Code Union, it's Jesse and John. It's not like a mentor network necessarily. Can you talk about how you were mentored and taught with Jesse and John as opposed to being matched with a certain mentor? Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the the stark differences is it's there's no individual, you know, it's the students and then Jesse and John. So basically how it would work is we'd have a ton of like little scripting tasks and we'd submit feedback or request for feedback. And then John and Jesse would review them within 24 hours, get them back to us, usually like within 12. I'm not sure either of them actually sleep on a normal basis. And then we would do two two-hour sessions a week as a group. And then also John was open to as many one-on-one pair programming sessions as he wanted. So I took advantage of a couple of those. It could be anything from like Heroku with like web applications not working to just like general things that he'd explain. So it was really one-on-one. I still talk to them every single day pretty much. We use Slack which is just like a chatting software, modern day, kind of like AOL, Messenger was back then. So yeah, it was great. I was through that consistent interaction that was just anything and everything. Cool. So you were actually interacting with other students in your cohort. Tian had actually asked a question, which was similar. Were you able to develop a network with other students in your online program? Was anybody else in communication with other people in their program at all? Thankful they have a Google community chat with everyone in the course that starts at the same time. And so you essentially have a whole community to sound off on. And they do the office hours too for different times of the week. You can meet up with a particular mentor that knows the subject and you can ask them questions about anything you're going through on top of your already weekly mentor meetings. We had office hours as well. Sounds like a recurring theme that you could talk to other students and they always had a mentor on deck to talk about that specific apprenticeship. Something that they're working on that I'm really excited about is Block's building out their alumni network on Facebook right now. And so it's great being in that private group because if you want to sound off on anything related to Block or apprenticeships or anything, you have this really nice community that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Really cool. Did anyone else interact with their fellow students or was it pretty much one-on-one with your mentor? I was all the time talking to to other students. And the the greatest thing I think about it is that because the classes start at set times, with the other students, you're kind of on the same level so that you can actually help each other out. And through this communication with others, I just learned so much. Plus, the people, of course, are just awesome. What can I say? And even though at the beginning I felt that I'm in the periphery somewhere, like way across the world and there's nobody here and I'm just like alone in my neck of the woods. But it actually turned out that there are quite a lot of people in Europe and especially in my area. So we have actually also gotten together and the distance is no issue here, I think. Very cool. How personalized or custom did you feel like your program was to your needs? Stephen had sort of talked about this that his program with Firehose was very custom. 
And then John had a question, how do some of the different courses provide personalized feedback, both on a professional developer skills level and feedback on your code? Are they concerned with you being a well-rounded developer, like getting a job, things like that? Or is it really just getting through the lessons? Actually, there's really not much of a custom curriculum. It's very detailed and it goes very deep. It's very in-depth. They're very concerned with creating professional developers. So their third course, it contains, I think, like 60% of their content. It's all test-driven and you build a pretty robust application. That's kind of where I think they stand out is that the curriculum is very challenging and and you have to be motivated. You have to be into it. You can't coast through it and just kind of finish assignments easily. Adding on that, once I was chatting with another student that was actually in Germany and he was working as a product manager for his company, he was really interested in really strong tests and stuff. His program, for instance, would have been more custom tailored around like test-driven development or whatnot. So yeah, it's basically whatever you really want to get out of the program, they'll just kind of mold their mentorship approach around that. I know Ken used to be a team lead at PayPal, so he's been on both sides of the hiring spectrum for technical developers. If that's kind of what you're looking for, he'll be able to guide you through that to become a successful hire, hopefully, at a startup. Yeah, I found that a lot of the customization comes from uh, your mentor specifically, at least with Thinkful. The course, everyone who goes to the front end course goes through the same material, but what everyone learns is different. So that mentorship, I think that all of us have in common is what really defines the course and what gives you that custom learning feel and the one-on-one. And that's how I was able to get through parts that were really tough for me. I completely agree. The mentor definitely is that customization bit. A big part of Block is you go through these assignments and you submit projects. And so the person you're submitting that to is your mentor. He or she is the one who's reviewing your code, making sure you're putting in the right tests and really making sure that you are developing good and healthy habits as you become a developer into the real world. Cool. But it sounds like Brittany with Block and Cody with Thinkful and Luke with Tea Leaf, it was a structured curriculum that you went through and everyone was going through the same one. Yeah. And that was actually pretty important to me because I looked through a lot of different resources and I needed something that was very structured and that was in depth because you can find a lot of things that teach you the basics, but it's really hard to find the important skills, kind of the next level stuff. I have to agree with Luke on that. That's one of the reasons why Code Academy, those things self-taught weren't working for me because I needed to go that step deeper. And I think the structure helped make sure I cover everything. So I'm well-rounded and then a mentor adds the custom part to it. Very cool. It's interesting that Skillcrush basically takes the approach that not everybody who finishes one of their courses needs to become a web developer or something even more complex. The basic idea is that what they do is they teach you how to make a portfolio website and everything that they teach revolves around your personal website so that, first of all, there's something that you want to do, there is something that you can learn with and evolve with, and there is something that you have at the end of the course. You have something to take with you and you can actually put it up and it's there. I think Skill Crush is also pretty popular among people who don't really know if they want to become, I didn't know it myself. I'm up to my neck in code right now. I think I took it further than most of the people in this course. It's probably more directed to people who either they're creatives or they're stay-at-home moms or they're people who just want to have that extra edge 
I think it's in that sense a little maybe softer than many of the schools discussed about here. Yeah, I think that makes sense that Skill Crush is more of an introduction and then you can go a little bit deeper with some of the other blueprints as well. Hannah Marie, with Skill Crush, I know that it's not only for women, but it is a strong female community. Did that have any impact on your decision to do Skill Crush or was it just the content of it? I think I kind of stumbled upon Skill Crush. So when I was looking back at it now, I realized that I didn't even look further than Skill Crush because it just was there. It appeared. And I just felt that this is something that I want to do. So it didn't impact my decision. I think it was more of the feeling of the community and how they were approaching the things because Skill Crush grew out of a newsletter that was directed to people who didn't know anything and were really afraid to ask about what is internet, what is World Wide Web. And you can actually access it still on their website. It's a free 10-day bootcamp that they are offering. But I think that what appealed to me about Skill Crush was that they take those out-of-the-world concepts if you come from a soft area like I did, and they just sort of visualize it in a way that you can actually understand it. And of course, like coming from the warm fuzziness of skill crush and entering into the real world and trying to grasp the concepts, of course, the presentation is different, but it's still the same. And I feel that it really gave me the basics. So I didn't have to miss a beat. So I actually understood everything so that now I can take the more difficult concepts and, and also digest them. And it's, it's okay, you know, that yeah. I didn't have to start off with such a academic approach or very, very strong approach. Sure. And I like that you mentioned the newsletter, because if people are not subscribed to the Skill Crush newsletter, you should be. It's so great. Ada, their founder, is just an incredible writer and super engaging. And I love getting her newsletters. And I don't love getting a lot of people's newsletters. So, Okay. I guess all of you were working full time. Did you feel burnout at all during your program? Or did you ever like get off track? Or was everything perfect the whole time? And how did you overcome getting off track if you did? I wouldn't say off track would be the right word. You just get stuck sometimes, especially when it's that new. But that was one thing I thought Tea Leaf does a good job of is they get you unstuck quickly. They let you work on your own, which in my experience is actually really valuable. I need to spend time with something on my own without having someone telling me how to do it necessarily just to kind of explore it. And then when I just hit the wall and I've struggled for a long time, when I can get an answer, usually after posting on a forum, you'd probably see an answer within like a half an hour usually. So I had all of the context in my head to now understand the answer in a new way. And it was more valuable that way. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I ever got sidetracked, but sometimes you just work for a long time and you're not figuring it out. And that's when you need someone that has experience and has the knowledge to kind of just give you the little piece you need to keep going. Burnout would be a bad word, but I experienced a few moments of stress trying to balance work life and something we're really passionate about and pursuing. Um, thankfully, what made it easier is just knowing that, like John or Jesse, like I had their cell phone numbers, which I never actually used, but I could send um, a text if I needed to. Like if I was really stuck on something, um, and they would respond. But otherwise, I knew like within like 12 to 18 hours, they respond with like a ton of feedback, but I can make for they offer classes almost every single day that I could like pop into. And they would teach some of the same content because sometimes people's work schedule wouldn't allow them to get there both days. So I knew I had that too. So I mean, I think just the way it was structured made the stress go away a lot easier. And they just really made it so that you clearly understood. Like, you know, we're trying to make you a professional engineer in the end. You want to be 
And so it was just helpful the way we structured it. Yeah, I wouldn't say I had burnout, but the course that I have, the friend development course is based off three months, but it's go at your own pace. So I ended up doing it for four months because I wanted to really learn it and make sure I really got it. Also because I took it during Christmas time. So it was pretty crazy, wife and kids and everything. Currently I'm enrolled in their Angular course and I had a big project came up and I was actually able to put my course on pause for a month while I finished this project. And then I just picked it up again a week ago and now I'm just back into it. That flexibility kind of helps you so you don't have burnout. It really showed me that they care too. They want to make sure I learn it. They're not just there to get money or anything like that. That's awesome. That's a really good answer. I love that. Does anyone else want to add something? I just wanted to add that maybe it's a common practice, but it's great that Skill Crush doesn't kick you out. You can be the 40-year-old man living with their parents for, for eternity, really, because I also got off track right around JavaScript. I don't know what it is. I just don't get along with it. But I just skipped this part, then I went right into Git and Ruby, and now I'm doing Android development, and I know that when I get the feeling, I can go back and revisit and do all the lessons again and go back to JavaScript as well. It's just great that it's all there and I, I can still tap into the resource. Absolutely. I think that's a huge perk of an online program, for sure, the flexibility. David has asked, how many hours a week were you guys spending on going through lessons and studying on your own? If everyone could answer this, because I'm sure that it varies. I was 30 hours a week. I was doing a lot of late weeknights and then usually my weekends, I was just crushing it. So it was a lot. You were talking about burnout. I was three weeks ahead towards the beginning, but then as the material got tougher, like I definitely scaled back and came back to where I should have been in the course. Yeah, 30 hours is a lot, but when you really enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't seem so long. And Brittany, Block has a bunch of different time options, right? You can do like yeah, 30 hours do. for a certain amount of time or 40 hours for less, right? Yeah. So when I did it, they only had the one option. So I, I like to joke that I'm the olden days. Uh, I was there when they only had the one apprenticeship and it was 24 hours a week. Now they have it where you can scale it out or if you want to get it done quickly. I did the same thing. I did it over Christmas as well. And I just wanted to get it in. But uh, yeah, you can definitely scale it out if you wanted to. Very cool. For me, um, it's about, it just depends because it's your own pace. So I could put as much time, I could complete it in two weeks if I pushed hard enough, if I knew it well enough, or you could take as long as you want. But I pretty much do 10 to 12 hours a week focused on it. And typically the way it works is you have a lesson you learn and then you build a project. And that project is what you spend most of your time on. And that's what you refactor and work through with your mentor each week. So most of the time is spent actually coding something. Cool. My experience, it was really self-paced. I didn't really keep a strict schedule of coding or something. I mean, there'd be some days I'd be doing it for like six hours straight to like three in the morning and other days where I might not do it. But generally, they give you a whole set of lessons. You're supposed to go through one a week, and that's kind of what the weekly office hours are based around. But you could really scale it back and forth to however much you want to tackle at once or not. I would say I was probably between 20 and 30 hours a week, a few hours every night or so. And like Steven said, sometimes you get into something and you look at the clock and you're like, oh, I've been doing this for six or seven hours. But I think that that's a good thing, you know, that just shows that you're engaged in what you're doing and you're not thinking about the time. So obviously you're enjoying it. I wanted to spend the time doing it. I think if you're considering one of these boot camps or you're considering learning how to do it, 
you should want to do it, right? I mean, there's really no reason otherwise, because I don't think writing code is fun if you don't want to do it. I'm pretty sure it's one of those things that you just hate if you don't like doing it. Josh, how long did you spend each week, roughly? At the start of coding, in, I wasn't doing any programming at work, so it was upwards, you know, 25 to 35 hours a week. And then near the end of coding, in, I was actually starting to primarily move, I had to move into that project engineer role. I would probably dropped anywhere from like 10 to 20 hours a week because I would finish just extract the parts uh, that Jesse and John would teach the fundamentals and then apply it to what I was actually doing in work. So 15 to 25 hours a week throughout the entire thing was about what I, what I needed, which was great. Awesome. So we've got a question, another one from Timo. Timo would love to hear about the applications you've built so far outside of your program. Have you done any side projects? And what are you guys and girls coding nowadays? I guess I'll go. So Yeah, Steven, tell us about your app. I'm still working on it. I was working on it earlier today, just kind of expanding it and building more features into a more complete product. But essentially, it's uh, Uber for medical marijuana. It's like an on-demand delivery service. That's why I have all the real-time events going on because there's like a supplier side and a driver side. I mean, a buyer side. So, yeah, it was really cool building it. And just after like two and a half months, I pretty much have like an MVP of an Uber clone, except instead of transportation, it's medical marijuana. What is it called? It's called Clever Tree. I actually set up a quick little landing page if you want to check it out. Of course, yes. Um, if you share it with me, then I will send, I'll share it with everybody who's watching in my follow-up email. Yeah, sure. Clevertree.co. Sweet. That's a wonderful use of a new economy. Yeah. Is anybody else working on any side projects outside of their nine to five? Yes. One of my big goals of learning how to code was that I had participated in startup weekends before as the business side. And so I really wanted to be able to participate in hackathons where I could actually compete on the coding side. So I've competed in two hackathons since then. Y Combinator's first hackathon just a couple weeks ago, working on a passion project about getting out software releases to the rest of the team instead of having them muck around GitHub. So that's a passion project I'm working on. And then I won a hackathon about two months ago with a, a team of people who graduated from boot camps, which was really cool for a nonprofit hackathon. So I'm a huge fan of anybody who considers going through a boot camp to stay sharp and to get involved in the community to compete in hackathons because they're everywhere. That's wonderful advice. And it's something that you hear a lot, like how can you get involved? And hackathons are a wonderful way to do that. Just for me, I mean, I'm a full-time freelancer. I don't work for anyone else but myself, so I always have a project going on. Well, hopefully, right? <laughs> I currently I just finished a project for a group that does the CG for shows like Jimmy Fallon and Game of Thrones and all that kind of stuff. So I've been able to connect to some pretty good clients, and that's kind of all just because I was able to take the course and, and really learn. Yeah, same here. Some of my latest projects have been really awesome, just building websites. I also completed a hackathon. We didn't win anything, but I think we got more media coverage than anybody else, more than the winners themselves for some reason. God knows why. The side projects that I've had have just been awesome. For sure, they have paid for my Skill Crush courses by now, and I think I've only had three website side gigs. So it's just amazing how in a half a year you can just bring yourself from here to here. Awesome. Hugh had sent me a few questions before the webinar, and they're mostly about 
the job search and for specific people. So for Cody, for Thinkful, he had asked, what were the job prospects upon finishing the course? And did you feel like you needed additional education before you were able to get hired for a new job or start your freelancing career? I was two months in and on the third month, I was able to actually quit my job because I was able to locate clients. So I was prepared. How did you, how did you find freelance clients? To be honest, it was Craigslist to start. I actually used Craigslist. I found local clients and um, my past 10 years experience were in sales. So I was able to go and and sell myself, which is a big part of freelancing. You have to, I mean, you're, you're everything. You're the salesman and the business owner and the designer and the programmer. So you have to do it all. So I was able to sell myself. I locked in a few really awesome clients. And then from there, if you do good work, they'll talk about it. And it just builds and it builds. And now I have almost more work than I know what to do with. Most of it comes from referrals, but I do use a few freelancing sites. One of them, Envato. I think that's how you say it. They have studio.envato. It's a freelancer marketplace. And that has been a good thing for me. That's how I've located some of my clients that have turned into larger things. And they curate who they pick. So you're not competing with people wanting to work for a dollar for the same project. Very cool. And then Hugh had also asked for Tea Leaf. And Luke, you went through all three. Took all three courses, yeah. This question is, I understand that taking all three courses would give you like a complete education in web development, but did anybody pursue or get job offers after just the first two curriculums were completed? And you may not know that, but after your first two sections, did you feel like you were at a point where you could get a job? Yeah. I personally wasn't confident enough. I think that's more of a personal thing. Uh, I know there were people that only did either one or two courses and found work and that's all they needed, you know? I think because I was so new, I wanted to finish completely. But yeah, I think it's possible to take the first two and find work. I don't think that would be that hard. I also think once you take the first two, you probably just want to take the third one. Because I kind of initially went into it thinking, I'm just going to try. I actually was going to maybe go back to like a community college to learn programming. And uh, I took the first course and I had learned so much within four weeks that I sign up for the second. And then eventually just instead of going to school at all, I just took the third one and that was enough. And I saved so much time and money. I would probably just be finishing college maybe now and I'm already working, you know. I don't even know if I would have learned as much. Just talking to other people that have done that route and and what I have learned and the experiences I've gained and what I know, sometimes I'm kind of surprised at how much these online camps are are able to do. It's, It's really impressive. It definitely is. This was for everybody. Is there additional help or guidance upon completion of your course? Do you get help as an alumni or even, you know, before you finish, is there focus on where you're going next with your career or if you're continuing your education with that? Locke is building that into their course. They're thinking about that now, like about how they can build in more career type stuff into their apprenticeship. I know with my mentor, he definitely encouraged me to start going to meetups and that's how I got my job at Ninefold. I'm a big fan of, you know, more women in tech. And so I joined Women Who Code in San Francisco. And I went to the meetup at Etsy and met my future colleague. And it all worked out from there. So definitely pushing me to do the right habits very early on once I felt comfortable enough to go to those kinds of meetups. Definitely helped me switch my career into what I wanted to be doing. Absolutely. That's great advice. Also, go to meetups. <laughs> yeah, the guys at Firehose are super cool. 
I can email them pretty much anytime. Like I'm done with the official program now, but I can email them anytime with any questions or help I need. I mean, like just the other day I emailed Ken. I was like, can you check out this little bit of JavaScript code? I can't figure out why like this Ajax call isn't working. And he was like, yeah, he typed out like three paragraphs or so kind of explaining. I mean, they just really care about their students. So they want you to keep them up to date with what you're doing. And they're really happy to see that you're still hacking away, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be really cool also. I mean, all of these programs are relatively new for being businesses. They're relatively new. And so it'll be cool to see once there's larger and larger alumni networks, how that sort of affects it. Y'all are all in different places. Once there are a ton of people in a ton of different places, how that'll develop into something real. So that's really awesome. Does anyone else want to talk about their experience after the program? For me, the Skillcrush Network has been a tremendous help getting me to the sidekicks thing because it has helped me a lot to do those things because I just developed my skills so much. So the mentors, especially Ada herself, the CEO of Skillcrush, has helped me with contacts and just the fact that they're there and I know that I can ask about anything. It doesn't have to be course related and I can share my great news and also the alumni group that we have uh, at Skillcrush. There's job listings, there are people posting, you know, I got hired, I got promoted, everybody's just cheering you on. So it's good that you don't close the door behind you. It just keeps on going and growing and it's great. That's wonderful. I'd have to say, like I said, program, like we have a Slack channel for like, people who are currently in the course and people who are alumni now, like myself. And so I'm in there every day answering some questions. And if I actually need help with anything, John or Jesse or Martin, willing to, to look at something. Just the other day, I had a small, simple Working on Ruby code, and John just pointed it out. It's like, oh, you want to fix that? So I don't run into errors. So I mean, just little stuff like that. It's, uh, Jesse and John are really just like friends now after the fact. So it's a cool experience. I think Thinkful, they're building the same thing right now. And so really developing that alumni thing. But one thing I did get, and I think probably a lot of people got it with their programs, I got a digital certificate online of my completion. It shows my projects and different stuff like that. And I've actually used that for some of my clients to show them for an early portfolio before I had my full site built out. And then actually that helped me land jobs. So, Yeah, that's definitely a huge difference between the unmentored, you know, Code Academy or Treehouse and these mentored and guided programs is that there is like actually a focus on student outcomes, which I think is really awesome. Last question, because we've been here for an hour, so I'm going to let y'all get on with your lives. If there's anything else that you want to add about your program, was it worth it? Would you do it again? Do you recommend it? I have a feeling you're going to say yes. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to say yes. <laughs> it's been four months since I started at Ninefold, and I couldn't have done it without Block. My daily life at Ninefold is I'm talking to advanced Rails developers all day, helping them troubleshoot deployment issues, advising them on performance, writing technical documentation. This is something literally a year ago I couldn't have dreamed because I was in that marketing role. I didn't have these coding skills and... Block not only gave me the skills, but the confidence in order to pursue a job like this. It really worked out. Even if it's not Block, I encourage anyone who's interested in a boot camp, really check out all these programs because it's amazing. If you really try hard, you know, you really can change and be who you want to be. Awesome. Cody. Yeah. You agree? Uh, it was totally worth it. The cost of the course for me was the equivalent of me landing one client. So it definitely paid for itself. And it let me live my dream, which was working from home and being with my family every day and being able to do what I love, which is designing and creating websites. Very cool. Does anyone else want to add anything about their programs? 
nothing specific about the program, but its impact, I guess, is, is what I wanted to say is just that my life is totally different now. It has totally changed, not only right now, but my future. There's so much opportunity now that was not there a year ago. And yeah, kind of like what Cody said, I think the first paycheck for my job paid for the entire education. So the value is so high. It's unbelievable. So yeah. cool. I agree with everyone else. It was totally worth it. I would do it again. If it wasn't for this, I probably wouldn't have ever learned how to code and I'd be in a totally different place from where I am right now today. Just looking at every other teaching experience that I've went through, I mean, they all kind of are basically like the same. They start out teaching you like, this is what a variable is. This is what an array is. And this is what like a loop is. And with Firehose, it's like totally reversed. So they just kind of plunge you into like the deep side of the pool and just pull you through like building an entire complete application pretty much. And then the real learning comes from kind of distilling that process and seeing how like all the little things fit together. I was like, oh, okay, so this is what this variable, this is what this thing was doing. So yeah, I think that was really a powerful approach to teaching that they've taken. So cool. This has been wonderful. This panel is fantastic. I mean, there are people freelancing, people starting their own companies, their own apps people who've gotten promotions. I've like loved talking to all of y'all. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks also to everyone who's tuned in and for joining Course Report and all of our schools. We've had Thinkful and Block and Tea Leaf and Skill Crush, Firehose Project and Code Union on the panel for this webinar. And thanks to all of our panelists as well. If you have additional questions about any of these schools, check out coursereport.com for contact info. There you'll also find tons of information about these schools and over 150 other programming boot camps around the world. At the time of this podcast, we have exclusive discounts with Block and Career Foundry and about 20 other in-person boot camps. Use code CourseReport, no space, in the referral or promo code field during checkout and you'll get a discount just because we love our community and we want you to take that first step in learning how to code and changing your career. We'll see you on the next episode of the Course Report Coding Bootcamp Podcast.